Thanks for staying with us. We're working on, you know, we're working on the opposite of the secret. The secret wants to manipulate the universe. What we're talking about and what our book, Steps to Enlightenment, that we've written, what our book is about is harmonizing, learning how to harmonize with the universe instead of fighting it. And then instead of fighting to demand what you want, you harmonize and learn how to read its messages so that you can walk yourself out of the prisons of your world that have you in constant torque and walk into a place where you're in peace. In peace, you can accomplish so much. You know, we were just talking about how to read the omens, for instance, of a car. You know, we knew this lady on Maui a number of years ago that blew her... In fact, we've known two women who have blown their radiators. In rage. That's exactly what it was. Both of them were just enraged. One of them had a pretty good surface presentation, just perky and nice but underneath she just seethed and if you ever got on the wrong side of her it wasn't a pretty picture the other one uh, didn't have a good surface picture you just looked at her and you could see the anger (laughs) it was just everywhere but both of them had that's the prison she was in yes her own anger that's right and 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 angry at everybody around her because they're not fixing it for her Mm mm-hmm and um so both of them had their uh, radiator breakdown because blowing out their anger they blew and and one of them their block blew got yeah. so hot and it, it you know it's interesting they don't get it <laughs> they they miss this screaming message that you know your anger's in control of your life and if you would get through your anger things would go better you know, there's omens all over the place if we're willing to slow down, pay attention, and listen, and they're pretty logical. You know, another place to kind of learn how to read omens is Louise Hey, You Can Heal Your Life. That gives you kind of an idea on how to start reading the body. Well, you know, in The Secret, um, it's encouraging that, you know, you can have your life. It could be a really miserable life, and you can have your life. You know, like, let's turn the whole thing around. However, there's a strong side of it that's like we have the right, we're so special, we have so much of the right, we can demand life. We can uh, will it, we can manipulate it, we can even cheat it, you know, so life works our way. And the core problem is I'm special, it's all about me, it's my time, uh, right or wrong, I'm coming through kind of thing. And they don't say right or wrong, but the whole uh, undertow of this book seems to me is not the whole undertow a lot of the undertow is uh, right or wrong it's my turn I'm claiming it I'm coming through so I'm going to just power trip and do everything I can and a lot of us don't remember you look at your body look at your hand there's like millions and billions of cells just on your hand but your whole body each cell the the glory of each cell is how well it serves the whole body. The glory and fulfillment of each person, what they're here for, is to serve the whole. So it's in giving that you receive. I'm not saying overgiving. I'm saying finding out more and more of what you're meant to do, and in the meantime, do what you can do, and find your place, find what you're designed to do, and, and do your blessing to the world. And I'll tell you, you don't find much more fulfillment than that. You don't find much more sustainable, long-range, lasting, growing fulfillment 
then when you find your place in the world and you glow by being you, and it's part of what helps the whole world be more whole and be more enhanced because you are there. And uh, this is a selfless journey for a while, and then you're full of just how you are and you don't even know about self. It's more like um, you're just busy being natural in how life designed you. So this is what can happen if we are sincerely pursuing our truth, sincerely pursuing right actions, sincerely pursuing who are we, what, what's best to do, how can I help, and, and what is the truth of me. And then you follow that long enough and the whole thing starts breaking open for you and it gets really right and it gets really wonderful and it gets very fulfilling. So verses... Uh, try to will, manipulate, and even cheat life, you want to go into harmonizing and allowing uh, and aligning with the higher power, the greater impulse, the higher impulse, and the greater plan. And this all, if you keep doing this, your natural intuition, it's almost like a magnetic pulling tells you what time it is like. Is it time to make lunch? Is it time to give a person a compliment? Is it time to uh, confront myself, my ego, or somebody else, or my business, or my wife, or my uh, father, or whatever it would be? Is it time to confront them on something? So you begin to find the, the natural impulse of life for this moment, and you begin to Make yourself, like let's say to confront somebody that you really don't want to confront, but everything says it's what you're supposed to do and now's the time to do it. So you begin to make yourself do what the flow is, what the, what the higher power, higher impulse is, is asking you, is impulsing you to do. And there's where your intuition and alignment with your higher path, higher destiny begins to be uh, more and more and more develop, so you just naturally begin to roll over naturally being you. So this is where you find your authentic credentials to be the gift from God through you to your fellow man. And I'll tell you, it's the most fulfilling path you can find. And uh, we're telling you how to get there. And each one of us has our unique way to work our way there, but we're telling you the general plan. Very nice. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. And we'd love to hear from you, your comments or questions at ambers at masteringourselves.com. Keith and I were talking one day about this deformed young man who had been born, I don't remember what he was born with, whatever he was born with, by the time he became adult enough, all he could do was be in a wheelchair. And on top of that, he had these caregivers that, you know, just uh, would, uh, were sick, were sick, they were sick. And they would, you know, taunt him and play with him and mess with his genitals and do all kinds of other nasty little things. I mean, nothing like lethal or... But, you know, just rude and, you know, unkind and cruel. Like, like he didn't matter, like he didn't have yes, feelings. that's or, right. Uh, they overrode his free will. That's right. Now, most people go, oh, that poor guy, how awful. Why would God do such a thing? 
Well, in the middle of the shows we were describing this, uh, the guide showed me why this young man ended up in this lifetime. And what they showed me was this young man in the wheelchair that he is in this current life, and then right behind him, superimposed behind him, was uh, his past life. And he was this big, big, burly, muscly, gnarly, angry-looking brute. And it was very clear that this big, broody guy was uh, was up in the uh, Siberian, Siberian prison. prisons. Yes, uh, the work work camps way out in the middle of nowhere. Is it goulash or? Yeah, something like that. Gulag. Yeah, I think it's not goulash. That's food, dear. Are you hungry? <laughs> A little sloppy. <laughs> anyway, while he was uh, in this lifetime, this past life, uh, in this prison in Russia, Siberia, he was just this jerk. And, you know, he was so big and so powerful that he could knock anybody around. He was just and he he, would. It, way, way outmassed any of them. And he would. That's right. Somebody look at him cross, he'd knock him across the head and they'd fly across the floor. And he would do it all the time because he could. He was just moody and grumpy and he just would abuse anybody he could. So guess what? His soul said, look, bucko, we need to learn that that behavior isn't okay. Well, by very nature of him being such this big person, they decided to, in the next lifetime, put him into a a wheelchair where he wouldn't be able to defend himself and where he would have people taunting him all the time so that he would learn the lesson. And if you uh, you get off on going, oh, that poor guy... You're not helping the the lesson. No, you're not. And the thing of it is, you might say, yeah, well, but he doesn't know that. The guy in the wheelchair, he doesn't realize that that's what he's doing, that he's paying the debt for this past life. But you see, it doesn't matter if he gets it or not. His soul gets it. Clearly, his His, soul gets it. His soul who sent him down with that specific framework and lifetime, the opposite of the other, to get the lesson. And if... If it's uncomfortable enough and conscious enough for a long enough time, the higher self goes, well, we're not going to do this again. Look how it feels to be on the other side of it. Even though I used to really like to do this to other people, this sucks on the other side of it. I'm not going to do this anymore. Not only that, the soul gets to a place where it says, I will never, ever, ever treat anybody like that again. I am so sorry. That was so inappropriate of me. I will never do it again. In addition, here's the next point. This young man in a wheelchair, he may be unconscious about these lessons. It doesn't matter if he's unconscious. The lesson's going right up to the soul, as Keith just said. However, if he would be able to get that consciously, like he could run into somebody who'd say to him, you know what, Bucko, you had this past life that looked this way, and that's how you behaved. And some part of him inside goes, oh, my God, yes, that resonates with me. <gasps> yes, and you know what, if I think about it, I see fragments of that in myself today. Yes, because you know what, if I could get out of this wheelchair, I'd rip their head off. <laughs> if I could get out of this rip, uh, wheelchair, you should see what I would do to them. You know, those kind of thoughts. He'd go, yes, I can see fragments of that lifetime in the thoughts I'm having. 
Then, now what you've done is you've taken that lesson from me. We'd love to hear from you, your comments or questions at ambers at masteringourselves.com. Five times to get through this lesson to one. <laughs> That's what happens when you take subconscious lessons and turn them conscious. You go from taking a long time to get through it to a short time because you're consciously saying, you're right. I do notice parts of myself that think that way. You're right. Now, instead, while he's in this wheelchair, he should say, you know what? I've treated others like this. It wasn't appropriate when I treated them that way. And I understand this person is here simply to teach me my lessons to not behave this way again. So I am going to not get angry at him or her. I'm going to understand that, you know, they're going to have their future lesson somewhere where they're being taught not to behave like this. But that's not my problem. My problem is what I did in my last lifetime, and I'm not going to allow myself to behave that way ever again, and I'm not going to blame them for it either. Now, that's maturely getting through your lessons and and going up to your soul, and your whole soul begins to transform. So if you do that from this wheelchair lifetime where your body's fairly emaciated, you begin to be grateful for your wheelchair condition because of the highly, extraordinarily value to your soul it has served to give you. It has been a wonderful school, and you see what it's about, and you shift all your education, you get all your guns and burners going right behind this one direction, shifting your attitude, shifting your perspective, and getting humble and getting heartful. And then... It shifts quicker and quicker, and then you go on to the next portion of life. <laughs> That's what you do. You know, you know, it's interesting. Just recently with Ike, I brought up this lone house on this, I mean, this vast long beach of, of, uh, of beach. Re- residents, former residents. Former residents that Ike flattened except for one house. And I'm thinking, boy, I bet those people are happy. Their house made it. They had it built for a Category uh, 5, and this, of course, was a, a high-end Category 2, and, of course, it made it, it with it flying It was beautiful. Cars. It Just was. looked great sitting there. And so, you know, I'm thinking all those other people are in hell, but those people are in heaven because theirs made it. And then I read this article where those people are in hell, and I go, what? Well, she said... <laughs> I don't want my neighbors to be all flat. So, it, you know, I didn't even hear gratitude of, oh, my God, how lucky are we? We didn't hear anything like that. All I heard was I was stunned and I started crying and I was upset. You know, heaven and hell are perceptions, and that's my point here. Instead of being grateful that their house was just lovely and intact, you know, they were completely awash with everyone else. Uh, they don't get to have neighbors. You know, being uh, born with a dis- disability or a deformity, uh, once again, is it your heaven or hell? You know, um, uh, Helen Keller is certainly a perfect example of making lemon out of lemonade. Boy, no I mean, geez, uh, you know, most people would, would uh, just be upset at having no vision. She had no vision or hearing, and yet she was amazing. That's psychic right there. That's, that's perception. That's, you're choosing if you're living in heaven or hell. Are you going to see the advantages or the disadvantages? You know, if you're born with a disability or a deformity, you are surely 
in the middle of a heavy duty, fussy and, and, and pissy about it. Either way, but you know, you either make it a difficult lesson or an easy lesson. You know, how many of you know the name of the lady who helped Helen Keller? And they, they basically. Ann Sullivan. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> and they basically lived together very closely for many, many years. I believe that maybe Ann Sullivan did more for this than Helen Keller, but whose name do you always hear? Helen Keller. That's true. But Ann Sullivan, I even, blew even your at point, didn't I? <laughs> even, even at the very first, it took somebody to reach in and get a hold of Helen Keller. That's right. And she, she did, did an it. amazing so job. So she was the gift. So actually it was a, a, a couple married for that project to yes, break, some, absolutely. break through some barriers for the rest of us to have inspiration from. Hey, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves. We're sure glad you're with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Mastering Ourselves co-host Keith Amber has done thousands of psychic soul healings over the past 36 years. As a healer and co-host on Mastering Ourselves, Keith offers profound insights that assist you in moving forward in your own life through your own trials and challenges. During Keith's private healings and on the show Mastering Ourselves, many of life's mysteries are explained with the help of the amazing spirit guides of light. Find out what others have to say about Keith's life-altering healings at MasteringOurselves.com. 